Eccoci qua, welcome back everybody, Cop Radio 100.5 FM, I'm Ruggeri, your host, Room Tone, the radio show, talking movies because we love it. Today in the booth we have here uh, filmmaker Bruno Arbex and Crazy 8 co-producer Ken Don Guinness. We're going to just chat a little bit more about what Crazy 8 is, it represents for the film community here in Vancouver. Now... Uh, catching a, a break uh, uh, with Katranada bus ride uh, now uh, back in the booth for some more conversations Bruna I want to ask you about uh, your process of staying here in Vancouver as a filmmaker uh, in the contrast of your very saturated culture back in Brazil yeah how is that feeling what is that process like for you it's very interesting because at the same time here I have more opportunities to grow my career and actually make the films happen uh, I do miss the strong culture we have in Brazil, so at least what I can do for now is like introduce a little bit of my, my culture on my projects, like this one for mm. example, we're sliding um, some Brazilian influences in the middle of it. Uh, mm. What triggers everything on, on this film? It's basically a tampon commercial from Brazil during the 90s. Mm. And so <laughs> it's, I, I guess it's how I can blend both things a little bit, right? Since uh, mm-hmm. I can be in both places at the same time. Absolutely. How about you, Ken, all the way from the Philippines? What do you mean? What was your question? I, I, I'm wondering what's the process like for you in staying here in Canada in contrast to, in contrast of rather staying mm-hmm. back in the Philippines and how that process is like for you? Well, for me, I think it's um, it's a continuous process of just um, getting even more connected mm. to my roots. Because mm. um, even when I was in the Philippines, like I also live mostly in the city. Mm. And right now, like I'm, I'm diving in. Like my curiosity is trying to dive more into the culture in the Philippines that I haven't been introduced to. Mm. And I'm just happy that like, like right now when I'm making my my projects, I'm surrounded with like the Filipino community themselves in mm. in Canada, and just being able to experience that in Canada and see that and feel that um, is it's very um, it feels like home. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it's very interesting how you pay more attention to your culture when you're not there. That's <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's exactly. right. When you when you start to miss it, that's when you mm-hmm. uh, have the necessity to go back to it in some ways, and yeah. uh, it's something that I guess many people resonate with mm-hmm. in many ways because of the nature of the city of Vancouver. Um, but you said something really interesting. It feels like home. What mm-hmm. is it that makes it feel like home to you? Home is not necessarily your house. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, home is the. Is the place it's it's like a mental state that you feel most comfortable and you're like you're free mm-hmm. and that's what home to me is mm, yeah. wow what about uh, Bruno over there I'm curious about uh, uh, your definition of home yeah it's something really similar actually it's not about necessarily a physical space but more the feeling of being comfortable and accepted mm-hmm. and you can create there that anywhere of course being around your culture helps Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you have like a good support system, that basically it's home for me too. Mm-hmm. What I'm wondering is, what is your definition of home? Home is uh, quite a topic and uh, in, in my eyes and uh, in my heart, uh, home is our relationship to home. And so there is a relationship between what we feel at home with or how we feel at home. And uh, it, we build patterns around that. And so we don't necessarily always go back to one thing but rather we go back to one feeling 
And that one feeling could be a feeling of pain, it could be a feeling of love, it could be a feeling of acceptance. But that is very unique to every single one of us. And I think that that makes things quite complex as well, <laughs> many oh, yeah. times, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, home as a relationship to home is, uh, um, is uh, something uh, of a paradox in some ways and a little bit of an uh, infinite loop. Uh, but that's who we are as human beings anyways, right? Yeah. We never end. We're like uh, stories with legs, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is there a specific person or point of reference in this industry for you, Kent? point of reference like someone I look up to yeah um, not someone specific um, if I have if I have to drop a name um, I'm just I'm just happy that I was mentored by um, a lot of seasoned producers that are that are already in the Vancouver in the, uh, mm. independent industry I mean film industry like Andrew Williamson who founded crazy eights mm -hmm. Henrik Meyer who is his business partner who does um, international co-productions and bring European productions mm. in in the business and and of course the one and only Jamie fall who's mentored mm. me from film school up to this day mm, yeah. beautiful shout out to Jamie of course uh, uh, much love and support there all the way from the days of VFS yeah which is quite impressive yeah. how about you Bruna uh, I also nurture mentors from VFS since I did VFS as well uh, mm -hmm. uh, Nicholas Humphreys has been mm -hmm. helping me with this entire process for amazing shout well. out to Nicholas yeah and I, I mean also not only like mentors but everybody that is in the same position as me uh, it's so cool to see that here we have the space to grow with our um, minority vision like both of us me and Kent being from other places other countries and being from like myself from the queer community too, being a woman and all of that so Shout out for all of those people that are getting their space now. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely a necessity mm -hmm. as a community. And from your point of view, what can the community do better to embrace all of these stories? People just need to open their minds, mm. you know? <laughs> Come on, your, like... Your face, man, when you said that, I loved it, man. <laughs> like, it's it's 2020. Like, like there's, there should be no space of, like, any, in any form of, like, discrimination. Like, it may be from race or, like, gender or orientation or, or, or whatever. Like, like, people just need to be more open-minded and they just need to embrace themselves. Like, mm. look at people as if they are all equals, whether they're a man or a woman, they're gay, they're lesbian. Mm. Like, come on. Yeah. I love it. Put it out there. Put yeah. it out there. And learn how to read subtitles. That's yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Th that's following uh, that amazing quote. And uh, that's something that speaks also to the curiosity of the people who make it up there, right? Mm -hmm. That infinite curiosity, that need to, to be curious and, of course, hungry to make, to make change, uh, but also humble. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's a big lesson. That's a huge lesson because the industry is filled uh, with so many surprises. And there's so many angles. It's in a way also like a kaleidoscope. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, shout out to, to Ken's film there as well. Um, but uh, that's what keeps us also moving and what keeps the Crazy AIDS community always flowing and makes it so fresh all yeah. the time. Absolutely. I'm really excited for the event on the 22nd, guys. It's, it's really going to come together uh, in a way that uh, speaks to the trajectory and the history of this event. And when was mm -hmm. the first Crazy AIDS event? When did it happen for the first time? Well, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a background how mm -hmm. Crazy AIDS started. Uh, it started in 1999 with the initiative of the Directors Guild of Canada, BC, mm -hmm. when they wanted to um, provide opportunities for emerging filmmakers. And it was Andrew Williamson and Rick Stevenson who started and founded the event. And it just grew from there. Now we're, we're in our 21st year. 
and we're just really happy that it's still one of those events that people always watch out and look out for every year mm. and yeah like like you said earlier people have to watch out when the tickets are out because it sells out fast yeah 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 and i think that's uh, speaks to the to the magic of this moment now people out there make sure that you write these dates down okay make sure that you write these dates down and uh, if you're catching this as a podcast uh, my belated hug is warm for you uh, but uh, now that uh, we're here live present in the moment i want to ask uh, bruna about your if you do have any expectations or any projection of your experience here at crazy eights uh, yeah, actually, I'm already noticing things happening around me just by being selected. Uh, it's incredible the amount of doors it actually opens. Mm. And I didn't know or I think I wasn't expecting the proportion of it. Mm-hmm. And you just suddenly are connected with the entire community because mm-hmm. people though you're there and it's a really cool opportunity to create a project with like the production level you would have in a really big production. Mm. So that's one of the most amazing things that elevate your career for sure. Mm, elevation, elevation. And uh, Kent, uh, in regards to elevation, what do you think was the moment in the past four years where uh, you got that moment of, of elevation uh, in your own personal career? Oh, in my own personal career? Yeah. Um, well, I really had a huge success with my, with my student film. Um, and then like right after that, I did Crazy Eights and I, mm. I produced a Crazy Eights film and then I became part of the board of the Crazy Eights and the Crazy Eights team, I mean, as an associate producer and now I'm co-producing the event. Um, yeah, like it was, like it just laid like like smoothly for me. Mm. Um, like, But again, like you said, like if, even if things like this happen to you, you always have to keep yourself grounded. Mm. And you know, just just embrace the fact that you've done it. Sell yourself that you've done it. But mm. at the end of the day, like it's not something that you really have to brag about. Mm. Yeah, I see what you mean. And uh, there goes back staying humble. And yeah, it also has some kind of energy as well that uh, that uh, brings you the things when you're ready for them. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. see that in the momentum also of creating content because you know crazy eights has been also an incredible initiation of momentum Mm -hmm. for many filmmakers out there and now they're just flying on their trains and they're just going for it and uh wow it's it's quite exciting again Mm -hmm. to also see um, uh, at the event itself at the gala not only the amount of people but also the quality of the people that Mm -hmm. join the event and so i I wonder if you could share a a few words about the quality of the people Mm -hmm. that join an event like this one well like what bruna said this this event is um, really high, like highly sponsored. Mm-hmm. You know, like with DGC, like the Directors Guild, to the ICG Six Six Nine, to um, like Telestory Hive, to Bell Media. Like these are like the people you want to meet and you want to know. And because yeah. this is such a huge event, people come to this event, mm-hmm. um, and that's the quality of people you want. And and because you have those people as an emerging filmmaker at an early time of your career like that like it's the perfect time yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's definitely Mm -hmm. one of the most important things the connections you can do Mm -hmm. with besides your film like those events that Crazy Eights does because yeah yeah, Mm. it's all about putting yourself out there 
Absolutely. And uh, Bruna, on that note, I'd like to ask you if uh, you have uh, uh, encountered any specific moments uh, of friction or uh, re moments that are extremely rewarding while you're preparing for making this film. You're going to go to picture, you're going to shoot next Friday, right? How is it looking yeah. for you right now? So I think any, all like all moments towards this point of almost filming that we locked something that seemed impossible was mm. amazing. Mm. Like I needed to get a hospital for two days and we got <laughs> it. I don't even yeah i can't even believe that that happened and just people willing to jump on board because it is quite an amb ambitious vision and it's hard to pull it off and every time that we locked a position on crew and like decided to do a few steps into the film and saying like yeah we actually can pull this off mm -hmm. that was rewarding itself and i guess now once we finish filming that's gonna be <laughs> mm -hmm. the most rewarding moment of mm -hmm. the process beautiful and i guess uh, um as a celebration in itself mm -hmm. uh, crazy eights as an event um then bringing all these people together do you have experience of people collaborating back again after the event oh yeah definitely definitely um that's why it's not just to us who's recently done it, but like it's also for for um, Crazy Eight's alumni that has done it before. Like mm. until now, um, like filmmakers like from back in early 2000s still work with the same DP, mm. you know. And and that's what I love about Crazy Eight's because you work with such high like high pressure in, around a high pressure environment, and you just create stronger relationships because you are kind of forced to mm. to work together to <laughs> yeah. make it happen mm -hmm. and then like after that then the magic of like just the strong bond and relationship just comes together in the end mm. yeah there yeah. you go it's almost like you're all sharing the same brain yeah because you, know? <laughs> you have yeah. that one goal yeah <laughs> that's a really interesting statement but that's where it, it, it really comes together as film is a in some ways a mythical art because when we see it, people uh, working together to build pyramids right yeah everybody having this big image and working for something bigger than themselves and in film is the same way mm -hmm. uh, but the most beautiful thing is that you're not creating something that's physical you're creating something that lives in a space that's invisible but has the most impact on a human being mm -hmm. and that's that's a magic man that's yeah. a magic with capital <laughs> yeah. M man I'm telling you this right now wow I love this world so much yeah, quite impressive also to see um, the connections man because I see so many people here in Vancouver in different communities mm -hmm. it's a small city yeah. and I think I feel like you're always one person away from the rest of the city somehow it's, it's uh, quite impressive it's very mm -hmm. true yeah um, I, I want to shift the conversation a bit and talk about uh, your favorite type of cinema and why that has motivated you uh, to step into the filmmaking world is there any specific film uh, you'd like to mention or that has inspired you Bruna yeah actually uh, when I mentioned that uh, I got really inspired by doing film when I was really young was after watching being John Malkovich mm. and that's definitely like my type of film it's drama but it has like a darker tone but at the same time it's so weird that it becomes funny in a way <laughs> so there's not really a general but like that kind of film that is just super intriguing mm. uh, that's my jam yeah. there you go <laughs> there you go that's a shout out right there <laughs> how about you Kent <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Again, like I didn't see myself at a young age working mm -hmm. in the film industry, um, but like for film, um, I'm not a genre filmmaker myself. Mm -hmm. But one that really um, stuck with me was a like it's a Filipino film. Mm. Um, it was directed by Eric Mati. It it's called By Bust, mm. um, and it's it's just 
It's about it's about a um, like a cop who's about to do a drug raid in the poorest oh. area of the Philippines, and that's when I was just like the moment I see that like I saw that film, I was just like, now this is what you call a film with a purpose because you're wow. you're showing the world another world that actually exists that but nobody really talks about mm. and and that's when i was more like i was getting more into um things that are more sensitive that needs to be shared mm. yeah. you see this is where film also um becomes social innovation mm-hmm. and we find ways to use film as a ways to shine light on one what needs to be talked about in many ways or even to dissolve stigma um, and i've seen incredible work from local organizations to really support that uh, what would be your message to these bigger film institutions and these bigger film organizations to empower the filmmakers to tell these stories and make some social innovation happen? We need money too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Straight to the point, point, man. Yeah, that's a fair point. Straight to the point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they need to understand that they have such an incredible power of communication mm. and why not use that power for also spreading like a good message and helping us improve as a society in general instead of just doing cool shit <laughs> you know yeah you can definitely focus on that route a little bit too and yeah i hope they get on board with us for that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's also interesting to notice the somehow the I wouldn't say the complexity, but the different layers that are involved in acquiring that money and and in getting that money. Because many Mm -hmm. times filmmakers, you know, having so much to do in film uh, and also looking at the finances of that too, there is so much involved into being a filmmaker. Yeah. And the range of knowledge is huge in many ways. So when a filmmaker works to pitch to projects as as you've you've done consistently and then you got Kalinga and mm-hmm. you're now making it happen. Yeah. Um there is a process yeah. in that moment where you're struggling. And it's called the, the indie struggle in some ways. It's that indie struggle. Yeah. Um that somehow everybody goes through. What would be a piece of advice that somehow pulled you out of that in the struggle for both of you if if uh, if you have any piece of advice to the filmmakers that are going through that struggle out there right mm-hmm. now well for me um just stick to the story and stick to the purpose why why you're making it and why are you the right person doing it mm. um don't think about checking the boxes of what the politics and like the whole you know like drama that like of having a diverse subject to mm. diverse characters and then like it has to be gay or it has mm. to be lesbian <laughs> like no like think about like all these elements are just going to come together if it speaks the truth to your story mm. and now like the idea of like truth then becomes more subjective mm-hmm. but when it comes to the process of like getting it out there like just just know your story from head to toe and know who mm. you are as a person and then push for it because at the end of the day you might be getting 10 no's but you'll get one yes mm. yeah. i guess that's pretty much the nature of it all in some yeah. ways huh interesting yeah. yeah i'm on board with you on that because if you believe and know your story enough people are gonna like believe in you mm-hmm. and if you get a no it doesn't mean that your story or your idea is bad it's just like maybe rethink about it a little bit and get to know even better like it took me most more than one year to pitch that idea itself to crazy aids because mm-hmm. we're like getting in the shape that i thought was good enough there was a person who recently talked about on, on the show talked about the scope of the idea mm-hmm. and uh, this person mentioned the importance and the necessity of having big ideas because uh, he, he mentioned 
small ideas, everybody can have a hand to reach to small ideas. But bigger ideas, uh, that's something that only a few people have. And once you have that big idea, then you can go to big places. And he put it down as simple as that. And that kept me thinking, wow, okay, I mean, that's easy to say. Mm-hmm. But what does that truly mean? Yeah. And pondering on that, it started uh, kind of coming to the surface, this philosophy and this concept of belief, mm-hmm. of believing that the idea is big many times and just that belief that you carry with you will take you to bigger places um in in some ways i'm also curious to ask you if you have any big ideas for the future or where you see yourselves as filmmakers and content creators in five years from now mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, <laughs> let's get into it like thinking it. about that yeah <laughs> i always get that question though it's, it's hard <laughs> yeah. because it's so unpredictable but I mean, at least you get a feature, at least that in five mm-hmm. years. That sounds mm-hmm. like an achievable goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but also to help other people do their projects as well, mm. uh, which is something that Ken has been doing a lot. Uh, but yeah, getting on board in different projects that are not necessarily my vision, but that I believe in. And hopefully I can share a little bit of my experience and mm. yeah, help them get there too. Nice, nice. A lot of uh, support and, and uh, connection with the community in many ways. Mm-hmm. How about you, Ken? Five years from now? Yeah, well, like you said... Um, I don't necessarily believe on like thinking of like big ideas right mm. away. I also want to be more realistic. Mm. Um, but in terms like in terms of my goal, like within the next five years, I just hope I get to bring more um, Filipino Canadian projects and mm. like focus more into um, feature length content as well. Mm, love and it pursue my um, my relationships with my fellow filmmakers. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It's I all just about produced for Bruno. Yeah, I, that's true. <laughs> I, I we love just it. Did a project. Yeah, yeah we did a project together. <laughs> was it the the, the music video? Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. What about that? What's the story there? So it was a music video for Danny Lee Rose. Uh, that's my second music video for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, we built a really good relationship in which I have full creative freedom with her mm-hmm. approval in the end. But this one was about. Um, kind of faking a summer situation in the rainy Vancouver mm. and towards the song it talks about how a flower cannot grow in the proper environment so we were playing a little bit with that mm. almost that she finally entered an environment that she could grow and we play on the surreal side with that a lot yeah. so ah. she took that literally <laughs> <laughs> yeah we buried Jenny alive by the end oh, of the music video wow. so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there you go there you go hey that's that's the metaphor you know and mm-hmm. that's uh, how we can make we can play with that metaphor you know with images i love it um it's actually time for us to take our second break and then after yeah. that we're gonna go straight to the one minute pitch and the proofs questionnaire so people stay tuned of course this is cop radio 100.5 fm i'm roger your host on on uh, room tone the radio show and we just talk movies kent bruno it was a pleasure we just continue the conversation right after Kaitranada with September 21st.
Eccoci qua, eccoci qua, eccoci qua. Welcome back everybody. This is a Room Tone the Radio Show. I'm Roger, your host talking movies because we love it with Bruno Arbeckes and Ken Donguinez sharing a little bit more um, our love for the amazing event of Crazy Eights and, and what it means for the film community here. So please everybody write down Write it down, 22nd of February, uh, the Crazy Eights Gala is taking place, it's happening at 777 Homer Street, and uh, you want to make sure that you grab our tickets right away, when they're going to launch in a couple of days, because man, they sell out really fast, so make sure to write those dates down. Our filmmakers are going to head into production next Friday, yep. so please send some love to all of them who are going to be working <laughs> really hard and making those films in those 10 days before the screening, quite some magic happening right there. Now it's time for the one minute pitch. Kent, you want to go first? Yeah, um, and I'm pitching to you. You're just pitching to the world out there, to our, our listeners, to the sky, to everyone. Just pitch it to <laughs> yeah. the universe. It's yeah, happening. Um, Three, two, one, let's go. Yeah, so good morning, everyone. I'm Kent Nonginas, and I'm a producer and director of a movie called Ransom. Um, it's based on a true story. It's based off a book um, that uh, about a wife who documented the, her ordeal um, with the kidnappers of her husband um, back in December 2002 in the Philippines. And I think this is one of the things that people need to know and need to learn because there are these heinous crimes that are happening and it's, it's crazy. Mm, wow, look at that pitch, man. Just getting the, the idea and the premise across right away. Thank you for that, man. That's quite some. What's the name again? Ransom. Ransom. Yeah. Amazing. I'm hoping to get that made, actually. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, we're all there for that. I love it. Ransom. People, just uh, uh, pin that thought down, okay? Remember this day, Ransom. And then when you see it in the theaters, you will know who is the man behind it. So, Kent, <laughs> thank you so much for that. Now, Bruna, your one minute pitch. Are you ready? Uh, yes, I am. Three, two, one, let's go. Well, hi everyone, I'm Bruna Bex, I moved here from Brazil, and having that said, I keep thinking since I moved here how sometimes I get completely lost in translation, so what is other forms of communication besides speaking? So I thought about this idea where uh, a person cannot communicate communicate themselves through talking, so they just dance 80s disco all the time, and it's kind of like a main character living in the musical, but no one else is on the same page. Uh, I currently doesn't have a title for it, and that's as far as I come with this idea, but uh, like disco fever might be something, mm -hmm, uh, yes. but yeah, that's kind of it. Wow, and that's the one minute the pitch uh, from Bruna right there. That's a great idea, huh? That's uh, that's Thank quite you. something there. You got to get it made. You got to get it made now that you put it out there in the universe. It's oh, going to yeah. come back. You got to get <laughs> ready to catch it. Wow, beautiful. And this leads us to the last activity here on the show, which is the Proust questionnaire. So Proust wrote down 35 questions, and we're going to pick five randomly out of those uh, to just speak a little bit more about life and not only film. And so the first question of the Proust questionnaire is, what is your idea of perfect happiness? Let's go. Kent, these are deep questions, guys. We're taking the oxygen mask. We're going deep. Okay. <laughs> what is my idea of perfect happiness? Mm -hmm. It's when you wake up and you still smile. Mm. That's perfect happiness because you don't anticipate what your day is going to look like. And at the same time, you're forgetting about the day that you just had yesterday. Mm. And if you wake up and you have that smile and you look into um, a more positive day, then that's perfect happiness. Mm. Mm. That's tasty. I need that in slow motion, yeah. man. I love <laughs> it, man. Holy moly. Bruna, how about you? I guess it's when you don't think about happiness. Oh. Because you're in it, right? Wow. Yeah. I love That's that. amazing, I love that. guys. <laughs> we, are, we are hitting the spot right here. This is amazing. We're in the zone. I love it. This leads us to the second question of the Proust questionnaire. Where would you most like to live? 
mm-hmm. up the mountain right next to a beach. Um, <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Bruna? Um, hopefully the same. Yeah. Being here back home, Brazil, both fits me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Somehow it's a game of picking up the best of both worlds. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We gotta embrace the innovation that lives here in Canada and in Vancouver, and at the same time stay true to the tradition mm-hmm. of our places where we come from. Yeah. Definitely. Do you find any struggles with that? No, I think we as human beings are we're very flexible and we adapt pretty quick. Mm. And we just embrace the fact that life has, you know, challenges and struggles and our job is to overcome it. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here being so diverse, like uh it's easier it's easy to find your own community in a way. Like I know a bunch of Brazilians that live here as well. Uh but having that said, sometimes you forget a little bit of parts of like when you're living in the culture and you get distance from it uh, by not being in touch with it you lose some parts of it some connections and then when you you get back it's just like oh yeah mm. that's how it feels but I see yeah. I see that core of gravity somehow is never lost yeah. uh, even if uh, the process of spinning around it can be confusing sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. as you mentioned lost in translation in, in some ways too yeah and that leads us to the third question of the Proust questionnaire Ooh, this is a take it with a smile how would you like to die <laughs> <laughs> In my sleep. Same, mm. same. Painless, <laughs> yeah, sleeping, painless, done. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Fourth it. question of the Proust questionnaire. What is your greatest extravagance? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'll give you an example. In my case, yeah. is my nose. That That's pretty much it. Bruna. Ooh. I don't know. Not, sometimes I don't have a filter to talk. Mm-hmm. Just goes and go and go and... People get lost in translation sometimes mm-hmm. listening to me, so yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. Well, me, just smile even if when you're sad. Mm. Yeah, um, like, I know that people sometimes hide their sadness behind a smile, mm. but I'd rather, I'd rather um, you know, show to people that I could be, I could be happy mm. and make them feel happy. and. Sure, I should be open and be more vulnerable. I know that as a person, but I can deal with that myself. Wow, that's uh, that's actually something I, I really um, um, I'm fascinated by because uh, many times other people around us they don't they don't need our our sorrow or they don't need mm-hmm. our negativity, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's very personal. It's a personal choice how to handle with uh, the the struggles in many ways. But there was a beautiful quote from a Brazilian poet that I'm missing. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Vinicius de Moraes, but I might be saying something from someone else. But that person mentioned their true smile. Uh, uh, is the smile that comes uh, when it, the smile doesn't uh, live within something like that? You said something very nostalgic, very we have a very, very special saudade, yeah. you know, very saudade, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he said yeah. something like, "Wait, wait, wait! What? What? What did you say, man? It was yeah. really controversial, <laughs> very provocative, uh, but it spoke to the to the necessity to show uh, uh, to always show a good cheek and a good face to the people around you because they don't deserve." The, the the negativity right that mm-hmm. flows through. exactly like they they are already experiencing a lot of sadness and struggles within themselves mm-hmm. and like as as a person who interacts with these people like 
they don't need like I just don't, I just feel like they don't need to know mm-hmm. yours because mm-hmm. they like you know they are worrying about their own stuff already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and with that is is what a great way also to show love and respect to the people around us and mm-hmm. to the film community uh, that always makes that struggle and keeps that struggle alive yeah. in many ways. And this is uh, leading us to the fifth question of the Proust questionnaire. Ooh, okay, this is specific. It's wrapping up the cycle of the first question. When and where were you happiest? That one moment. Wow. Yeah, when and where. When and where. Let's go deep. Let's go deep. Let's let's dig. Let's go. <laughs> From the heart. This lives in the heart. The answer to this lives in the yeah. heart. I mean, not to be super depressive or anything, but probably when I was a child, like a kid, mm. little kid just playing, and that was the biggest thing in the world, which is to like mm. do whatever, no responsibilities. Mm. <laughs> hey, hey. That was a great time. Yeah. No responsibility and innocence. Make yeah. A, mm-hmm. a good, uh, it's a good combo. What do you think, Kent? When, when I actually saw my niece for the first time back in 2018, when I went home to the Philippines. Wow. Yeah, because um, she was uh, she was someone that we didn't expect was coming. Mm. Um, but my sister had her. I felt really bad when I was here because I felt that as a brother I failed, but like. Looking at the looking at my niece when I saw her for the first time, I was just like, "This kid is gonna bring so much happiness and light to the entire family." Wow! And that's when that's when I knew I was happy. Wow! Oh my goodness! Yeah. This Beautiful. is whew, this is yeah. some heat, man. You're making turning this booth <laughs> into a sauna, man. This is amazing. Wow! Uh, the 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 beauty that's also encapsulating a moment like that. How can you explain it? And you know. Uh, uh, Thank you for just sharing that moment in many ways, for sure, for sure. Wow. Well, the Proust questionnaire always takes us very deep here. Uh, we got we to moonwalk back a little bit, you know, just get back <laughs> into the zone and uh, kind of share and invite all of you guys out there listening right now uh, to the beautiful event that Crazy Eights is. And so the gala on February 22nd is uh, where we're all going to be at. You're going to find Bruno, you're going to find Ken, you're going to find my Italian sharp nose. You're going to find us all there just cheering up for these amazing filmmakers who just made a film in 10 days just right before the event Eight itself. Days. Eight days, my bad, my bad. Eight days, hey guys, <laughs> branding. Crazy eights, of course, of course. It's more of course. extreme than ten days. <laughs> <laughs> so it's six different short films uh, in eight days and just uh, screening uh, uh, February 22nd, 7-7 Homer Street. Now grab your tickets. They're going to be released in a couple of days. How can people get to know more about this? What are the social media handles? How can they just yes, make it happen? Um, number one, they could definitely check out our websites, crazyeights.film, mm-hmm. or follow our socials at crazyeights films yeah mm-hmm. and instagram and crazy eights film society on facebook and crazy eights film on twitter and they can literally see all of our posts but mm-hmm. just by following our hashtag crazy eights films 20 mm. well people yeah. just just put down crazy eights in your google bar and you'll find yeah, everything you'll <laughs> see it. <laughs> their branding is amazing they got it all covered amazing uh, bruna one message to your fellow filmmakers who are also right now working uh, in pre-production for their films well, you guys, good luck. I'm sure you're all in a great shape. Otherwise, you wouldn't be at the same stage that we all find ourselves right now. And uh, it's going to be amazing no matter what. Things are going to go wrong, but just hang there tight. Mm. And we're all going to cheer for each other on the gala. Mm. Yeah. And I love to see that cheering in many ways. Uh, yeah. uh, it's actually probably the most beautiful part of it all. Yeah. To see all the filmmakers on stage for the Q&A. And yeah. everybody's there with the biggest smile on earth. And just celebrating that moment of unity 
Uh, Kent, how uh, for you as a co-producer as well, mm -hmm. um, what is the biggest challenge and the most rewarding moment in this whole experience? Well, the biggest challenge for me in general is just putting putting this um, event together. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like people think like it's very very short, but it's actually a six month commitment. Mm -hmm. um, like, and I think people need to know that and that there's a lot of people. Um, who are behind this event. Um, our co-executive directors, Aaron Masalam, um, Paul Armstrong, my fellow producers, Ingo Liu, um, Nate, uh, Nathaniel Voss, um, our post-production supervisor, like Julian Niendorf, mm -hmm. like all of us have been working really, really hard. And I think that's, that's like, that's the biggest challenge because mm -hmm. even if you're, you've been working for a while, you still have hiccups in between. And sometimes, um, you know, like ideas just don't, mix um, together like mm -hmm. really well but you have to find that balance and keep the the team working yeah mm -hmm. but the most rewarding part is if we're all at the after party after oh, the gala yeah. I love yeah, it because what we've missed is if you go to the gala screening at center at 77 Homer Street your ticket is also usable to the after party that is happening at Science World wait wait wait, wait. what did you say where is this taking place an after party at Science World. Did you say Science World? Yeah, where adults can be kids for <laughs> <Yeah>. one night. <laughs> That's yeah. lovely. Wow. What a venue for an after party yes. too. Oh my goodness. Um, I have great memory, memories about that and uh, I'm really looking forward to this event this year. Um, so, Bruna, Kent, thank you so much. It's been really a, a, thank you a so pleasure. Much for having yeah, us. Thank um, you for having us. Just one last word, one shout out, anything at all you want to shoot through these mics for our audience out there? Well, keep in the loop yourself as well with the independent community of filmmakers from Vancouver because we have a lot to prove and show. Mm. Drink more coffee. <laughs> yeah. Get that coffee. Oh my goodness, make more sure. More coffee, more sleep. There yes, you. more coffee, more sleep. I don't know if they go very well together, but uh, you know, I'll yeah. definitely follow the, the advice <laughs> over there. And of course, my message is uh, to all of you out there that a film is nothing without an audience. So uh, we really appreciate your support here on Cop Radio 100.5 FM. Please, I want to see you at Crazy Eights. And uh, I'm going to leave you all uh, with another juicy track. Uh, this is, of course, uh, Kaitananda. I pay my respect to this amazing Canadian artist uh, um, just putting together some very funky beats. Uh, this is Light Spots. So please. Enjoy the day and I'll catch you next Thursday, 11 a.m. on Cop Radio. <laughs>